Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited to have another special guest here on Black Canvas. This is season six, and we're actually on episode 43. I can't believe that we've been doing this for so long now, and I've just had an opportunity to meet such amazing guests. And our next guest is someone who I do admire not only as a person, but as a musician. And his name is Dax Perrier. Dax Perrier is an American singer, songwriter, and guitarist from Tulsa, Oklahoma. He began taking his music career seriously during his time as a student athlete at the University of Oklahoma. Shortly after, his musical journey was put on hold due to unforeseen complications with the birth of his daughter and the death of his son. Since firing up again, he has formed what is known today as the Dax Perrier Band. The independent five-piece group has lit a fire to the alternative side of country music with over 30,000 streams in 42 countries, y'all, all within the first two weeks of the, their debut studio album release. Dax carries on a family name in the music industry after the recent passing of his grandfather, who was the front man of a touring classic rock band in the early 70s. Dax's goal with every performance is to instill his passion and high energy into his listeners in hopes of making them feel something or forget about everything for a few minutes. The Oklahoma native's latest album release, Bad For You, offers captivating ballads of heartbreak and a whole lot of country rock and roll. And we're just so glad to have Mr. Dax here with us on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being a guest today. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. This is one of the most exciting moments for me is because this is the first time Dax and I are really having a moment to chop it up. And I love talking to people about their careers and their passions in life. Um, so I'm going to actually do some fun, quick rapid fire questions with some actual titles you might know. <laughs> so if you're ready, we can kind of go straight from there. All right. So the first one we have is bad for you. Can you tell our listeners how have you been able to develop resiliency in your life despite facing insurmountable odds? Yeah, so I feel like for me personally, um, I was around five or six years old and uh, my, my parents divorced. And so you know, kind of being faced with a lot of adversity at a young age and having to overcome a lot of those obstacles so early uh, sort of molded me into the the person I am today, I feel like. So, um, you know, just kind of uh, that past and, and, and that that history kind of kind of growing up and, and looking looking fear in the eye, I guess, a lot from a at a, at a young age has um, really been a. Uh, turned out to kind of sort of be a good thing for me. So kind of a, kind of a double-edged sword at some points, but uh, I would suspect that that probably had a, had a lot to do with it and just creating that type of person that I am. So. I love that you said that Dex. I'm sorry you had to experience that as a kid, but I know that myself growing up in, a, or I would say it was a broken home because there was so much that went on in my childhood, but I think you learn how to develop a resiliency, which is, bouncing back from, you know, things that we maybe thought we couldn't get through, but you realize how strong the unit can become when one member is either absent or is not emotionally present. You have to then find it within yourself to fight through it. But unfortunately, when you're younger, your brain hasn't fully developed to understand what's going on. So we don't see a lot of what goes on behind closed doors, 
But I think like that, as, as you mentioned, you know, of course, being a parent, you, you can see some aspects, hey, this is what we have to do as a united front, not to lie to kids, but to kind of let them know, hey, these are things that you might face, and this is what mom and dad experiences, and this is how we get through it. And I think there's a way of talking to kids, um, depending on what age they are, about experiences instead of feeling as though that you have to hide things, because that makes it hard for them to be able to come to you if they have issues themselves. Absolutely, man. And, you know, life is... Uh it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing that we live, right? I mean, everybody's going to be faced with some mountain of something in their life, you know, probably multiple times, unfortunately, you know, we're all faced with different situations. Uh, you know, the average person, you know, we're all going to have somebody pass away that's close to us. You know, like I kind of mentioned in my bio, my, my son, uh, my wife and I, we lost him at 21 and a half weeks to a placental abruption and um literally watched him take his last breath he lived about 20 minutes in the hospital and things like that you know our our daughter was born uh with a rare genetic condition it's about one in 400,000 and it's uh, it's Wardensburg syndrome type 2 and so she was born completely deaf you know we had no family history and um so those are some things that just kind of happened you know those were probably the next big things that really uh, you know hit me in my life uh past past the uh, the divorce of my parents at such a young age but you know, I feel like we can all choose to sort of kind of decide for the most part how we're going to perceive those things. You know, if you if you see them as an opportunity, you know, maybe not right away, obviously, you know, do what you need to do. But um, if you choose to to see those those options or those challenges as an opportunity, you know, I really think that that's the best thing that you can do moving forward, you know, and, and uh, just to help to develop a positive mindset. And, you know, the, the crazy thing about life is no matter how terrible, um, you know, something may, some, you know, situation may get, there's, there's always something beautiful that, that ends up coming out of it one way or another, you know, there's always a, a hidden gem, if you will, in those situations. So, and it may, it may not be apparent right away, but, you know, looking back can definitely, uh, take some good out of it one way or another typically so I love that you said about like almost like finding the strength through adversity and that can be almost like a daily mantra for many of us who struggle with self-help issues or not having any type of um, let's say encouragers around you I think maybe saying hey I will face this adversity um, with a positive mindset that I get to choose if I wallow in a negative self-pity or am I going to actually get up out of bed, find an inner strength within myself to find a purpose for my life, even if I don't fully understand what it is. Um, I love that you have gone through challenges, yeah. but you've almost fought the challenge um, more than um, falling apart based on a circumstance. And I think the, the one way that you can pay it forward, um, not only in memory of your son, but just, your grandfather and all the people that mean a lot to you is just by living the best life you can and just reminding people the amazing individual you are from the inside out. Absolutely. I appreciate that, man. Well, thank you so much for telling that part. I know that that's not easy to talk about, but I think there's so many listeners who might hear this, who might've experienced something, um, either losing um, one of their kids or losing a parent or losing a friend. And I think you give them hope just by talking about it because the more we talk about some issues we struggle with um it doesn't hurt the same way it doesn't mean we still 
don't have issues. And you know, one, one funny thing, Dax, as you were just talking, I was yep. looking outside my window and a butterfly just actually flew past right when you said that. That is like so weird. Like that's <laughs> a great thing. I mean, it just literally flew past the window. So that is, you never know. It means a lot of things to different people. But for me, I always think that someone coming by to say, hey, you know, and I'm here with you. So, all right, Dax, I have yep. a funny that's one for awesome. you. So this one is Hurricane. So I'm originally from New Orleans, so I know a lot about hurricanes, unfortunately. Um, But if you could describe COVID-19 and how you've been affected based on a category one through a category five hurricane, where would it rank for you? If you could kind of put it out there based on a a one to a five, how would you rate COVID-19? And the second part of that is, what items do you currently have in place to deal with the aftermath of the pandemic? So some examples can be like prayer, meditation, um, building relationships with family. Sure. Sure. You know, the COVID thing, um, it is, uh, I, I see it a little bit differently than, than a lot of people. Um, if, if I had to put it as a category, because that was your first question, I'll try to remember the other ones. Um, I would just say probably category one. And, uh, you know, here, here's why I, I feel like, you know, I, over the course of COVID, I've lost three family members. Um, you know, my granddad recent passing, you mentioned that in the bio, uh, he passed away about two months ago. He kind of had some COPD. Um, I'm sure he had issues from, from Vietnam, um, that he came back with, you know, he had emphysema, et cetera. And, uh, but he did test positive for COVID and that was the closest one that hit home for, for me. Um, my stepmom's uh, father. Um, so my other granddad on, on that side of the family, he was also a Vietnam veteran. He also passed away due to COVID um, about a year ago. And then I also had another member of my family that was, uh, she was in her, I want to say uh, early seventies. Um, but, you know, so it, it was, uh, obviously difficult as you can imagine. My dad actually had to give my, my granddad CPR, uh, on the floor of, uh, in his garage. So it was a pretty traumatic experience for him. Um, but you know, I, I see things as, you know, with, with COVID, you know, I just try to not try to do my best to not let things like that, you know, define me or my, my family, you know, cause unfortunately there's just nothing that we can do about it. And the unfortunate part of it is it's now part of life. You know, uh, it's, it's going to be around probably more than likely like the fruit, like the flu, you know, despite whatever they're, uh, um, you know, whatever um, they're going to be giving out for the vaccines, it's probably still going to be around, maybe less, less effective. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that's probably what I would say, just because that's my, that's my, ad- I try to keep that, maintain that attitude towards challenges you know, as far as, you know, how we're, how we've dealt with those things, obviously, you know, the, the people that you keep around you is one of the most important things that, that you can probably do. You know, I've got a tight family, my wife and I, we have three kids, you know, we, we, we stay pretty close in touch with, with my dad and, and my mom and, you know, her, her mom and dad and all of our immediate family and, uh, you know, prayer, obviously do a little bit of meditation um, and then, you know, music has really, you know, helped me a, a great deal, you know, just be able to kind of take some alone time and, you know, do some writing and, uh, just play. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a big part of who I am and what I do and, 
that that keeps me grounded for sure through stuff like that. So I love that, Dax. And it kind of goes into my next question, which was solo. Um, what is one mm-hmm. thing that you like to do alone that keeps you centered and grounded? And what is it like performing with the members of your band and developing a sense of chemistry mm-hmm. on stage? Yeah. Um, probably the most cliche answer for a musician, but dude, I love to play and write. <laughs> uh, I, um, you know, I started writing as I started writing poetry when I was probably like 10 years old. My aunt, um, she was always into that type of thing. And so she bought me a little book and I started writing poetry and then I purchased my first guitar, went and mowed a bunch of yards and I was probably, probably around 12, ended up going to buy my first guitar at a pawn shop. And my, my, my buddy of mine, uh, he had a little cherry red, um, I think it was like a fender with a little mini amp and I plugged it in and played that thing. And it, I fell in love immediately. I was like, okay, I gotta, gotta get myself a guitar. So I went out that summer and mowed a bunch of yards and saved up about $150 and went to the, the pawn shop, <laughs> bought an amp and a guitar. So from that point I started writing and, um, you know, kept kind of kept that with me through high school, got a little bit more serious with it in college. And then, um, just kind of took off from there. But that, that's one thing that I genuinely, I just love it, man. I think it's, uh, I think it's spiritual, you know, and I'm, I'm still learning, you know, new things when it, when it comes to, uh, to writing and, uh, it's just, it's just pleasant, you know, I love it. So, um, as far as the performing with the band, you know, this is what's crazy. I, I kind of started out as a solo acoustic, um, artist, if you will. And so I, I ended up doing traveling around, you know, with my, my own, doing my own thing. And I always wanted to start a band. It's just one of those things. It's like, how, (laughs) you know, how do you make that happen? And it kind of all happened out of nowhere. And once it did, dude, it's just like another, it's just like another family, you know, it's really, you know, once you kind of get out of college and you have babies and, you know, they, that, that becomes your family and, you know, you kind of put your, you kind of put your boys on the back burner, you know, unfortunately it's just kind of the way of life. And so I went a long time, you know, with just, you know, focusing on family, especially through all those, you know, tribulations. And, uh, it's just really cool to have a tight group of guys that, you know, I genuinely care a lot about, and I I know they care a lot about me too. And it's a, it's a brotherhood and dude performing on stage, you know, we, we will, we'll play in front of, you know, 20, 30 people and we'll play in front of, two, 300 people. And then, you know, we'll play in front of, we, we, we did a show last, last year about this time where we played in front of probably around 600. Um, and stuff like that. It's just, it's really, really cool, you know, to be able to develop the, the chemistry between everybody. And, um, you know, even at practice, practice rehearsals is so much fun whenever you're playing with a group of guys that you just, you know, so well, it's almost like you can just close your eyes and kind of become one for a little bit as corny as that sounds. It's, it's sick. It's, it's awesome. It's, uh, you know, I've got uh, a real good connection with our drummer most of the time and bass player, you know, when we're playing and it's just, it just, it's awesome. It's one of those things that's kind of hard to explain uh, unless you've, you've been there and done it, but it's, it's been a really cool part of my life and, and, and I love it. So I would probably be really nervous, Dex, because I used to struggle when I was younger really bad with social anxiety. And um, 
yeah, being yeah, a counselor, yeah. I've had the opportunity to present and do different conferences. And one time I spoke in front of maybe about 600 people. And I was sitting in the room and I was like, yeah, hey, just staring at one person, one person, you know, one person, you know. <laughs> and I was like shaking yeah. the piece of paper in my hand. I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm going to mess this up. And then the whole while I said, you know what, let me find a center of the room. So I actually found a center and then I started looking at the four corners and that helped me actually. I guess they were like, yeah. why does he keep looking in all these areas? But once I started to do that, then when I actually hung yep. back into one person I knew, then a lot of my nerves just kind of went away. And before I knew it, I was done. I was like, oh, I'm actually finished. And so that helped me. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know if I was in front of yep. 10,000 people, I would probably have to practice it in my head first and then try to look at the far left you know, or something <laughs> yeah. to kind of keep me back in that center position. Yeah. But I love musicians who are able to say, hey, you know what? I started off with a few, maybe 20, 30 people, then 400, then who knows? Could be a million people you're performing for. And yep. I think it's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Whenever I first started getting back into music, like firing up again, um, I was terrified because music is one of those things that you are so vulnerable, especially when you're when you're singing and playing an instrument at the same time. It's like, you know, and you're writing your own songs. You just don't know how you're going to be perceived. You know, you don't know how you're going to come across. You want to put your best foot forward. And, you know, I um, with wrestling, uh, you know, I wrestled at University of Oklahoma, like you mentioned, and, you know, uh, had a good high school career. And when I was doing that, it was more of a physical thing. So I never really got nervous. It was always like this, this uh, switch that you just flipped, you know, it was also, it was almost like, uh, oh no, you just kind of turn into something else for a second and uh, you don't, you don't really have any worries. And so I could never really find out how to flip that switch with music um, until probably about nine, 10 months ago. And if I'm being honest, and it was just, you know, there's some times where, you know, we're playing the largest show we've ever played in our life, probably uh, ne next week on Thursday, on June 9th. And uh, it's in Ponca City, Oklahoma. It's at the 101 Wild West Rodeo, if anybody wants to come. Um, but it, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll have a, a little bit of pre-stage jitters, but, um, you know, I uh, get just staying close to your guys, you know, and, and finding a way to finding a way to, to figure out how to flip that switch, you know? And so for, for me, uh, it's it ended up being the same key, uh, to wrestling was just, you know, putting on some headphones or putting on some music and going to your playlist. And, uh, so that's one of those things that kind of takes the fear out of it for me. And obviously practice, you know, it's kind of like if you, you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to take the leap and you've got to do it. That's the biggest thing. I remember I watched a buddy of mine play at Kane's ballroom, um, a while back and, you know, my, my wife was sitting there with me and she was like, you know, you could do that, you know? And I was like, yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. It's one of those things. And just so, so nerve wracking, you know, and until you really step out there and see what's out there, see what's going to happen, you just, you don't know. So and fear is one of the main, it's, it's the main thing that holds people back from, from going after their dreams. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And so if you can find a way to just, you know, not care or care, care a little bit less about it, you know, then uh, it, it tends to help out a little bit and just find a way to help you flip that switch and turn it on. So. I love that. And, you know, fear represents two different things. You probably heard 
F everything and run. I'm not going to use the terminology, guys. And then fear can also represent face everything and recover. Yep. So for you, recovery is re getting back to that normalcy that you had on stage and, and being aware of who you are as a musician. And it kind of goes to one of my, yep. my other questions. Um, bad out of hell. Tell us one ex unexpected blessing that you've experienced that caught you off guard in your musical journey. Is there one that stands out to you? Oh, man. Um, I'll do two. So, so we have a... Uh... We have a farmer's market. We live in pretty rural Oklahoma, um, kind of outside Tulsa a little bit. Um, but we have a farmer's market down the street for us and uh, or from us. And they they typically they set up every Saturday. There's a couple hundred people out there. It's it's actually pretty, pretty cool. And uh, take the kids out there, let them run around. There's a bunch of animals and stuff. They love it. But the owners, um, they just recently they hit us up and, you know, they said, hey, we want to we're going to do basically a fundraiser for your band and we're going to kind of donate everything to y'all. And so that was out of nowhere, um, huge surprise. And I just, you know, couldn't, couldn't thank them enough. So shout out to a uh, hillside farmer's market. <laughs> but, um, you know, the other thing that kind of blew my mind was when we put the album out, you know, typically a lot of a lot of musicians you know for their first or for their debut their studio stuff they won't put out an entire album they'll do like an ep or you know they'll probably do a couple singles and we did one single um because it can kind of come back to bite you but we ended up doing a, a nine song uh release on on the album and we put i think we we did one cover on it but you know you you really just don't know how it's gonna be taken you know and so we we put it out and kind of like you mentioned before, it did pretty well. And we we got a phone call um, from Toby Keith's crew, which Toby Keith to me is like, like I grew up on Toby Keith. You know, we, we don't necessarily play his genre of music. You know, he's a little bit more traditional country, but um, he's such a, a, a massive, you know, influence on country music in general and just a legend um, that I, they actually they added our song uh, long neck bottle and you, I think it's the second one on the album. They added that song to, uh, to his pre-show playlist. And to me, that was probably one of the most, the coolest, you know, unexpected things, blessings, you know, that, that have, that have happened to us as, as a, as a band and as a group. So that's probably my number one so far. <laughs> well, I love me some Toby Keith. So you didn't have to, you, you yeah. didn't have to tell me about Toby. I love him. Like Red Solo Cup, Made in America. I mean, God yeah. love her, crying for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of stuff yeah. that he's done. Like, I love Toby Keith. And I love country music. So, I mean, I love Faith Hill, Shania yeah. Twain, um, Willie Nelson. I mean, you yeah. give me a name. I can, well, of course... Jim, J Jimmy Allen, of course, what he's doing right now. I mean, yeah. Darius Rucker, you know, what he's been able to do. I mean, I love music just in general, but I'm that's yeah. exciting. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Man. All right, so I'll have a few more questions for you. So the next thing we have is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Dax? 100%. Um care less about what other people think of you and um you know don't let the fear of uh other people's opinions hold hold you back from 
doing what's in your heart, doing what you want to do. I, I don't feel like I had a whole lot of that fear to, at such a young age, but I would, you know, probably, I'd probably say that to my, myself around, you know, maybe, maybe 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. So probably, probably middle school Dax, maybe. <laughs> I love that middle school Dax. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Dex, I'll kind of use my advice. I always go back to 17 years old because that's when I lost my grandfather. And it was one of the biggest blows in my life um, because he was always there and supporting me yeah. for everything. And I think the one thing I would say is that to say I love you more to myself and to others and also to have fun mm-hmm. and not be so serious. Because I've always been a very intellectualizing type of individual. Like I have to look at everything and what does it mean and the purpose. And now I've gotten to the point where I don't try to read into every scenario because then you lose part of yourself in trying to figure out why the world and why things are going on the way it is. And so I've learned that I only play a small part in someone else's existence, but they can play a huge role in mine. And I think losing him, and at, at that time, I wasn't emotionally stable enough to manage it. And my life went in just a really bad direction for a good two years. And then I finally was able to turn around um, after Hurricane Katrina happened um, and Rita, because we were both survivors of that. Our family, we, we survived through that storm, both storms. It just really changed me as a human being. But I, I learned wow. in that moment is that, you know what, he's still a part of me, even though at times I don't feel his spirit as strong as it was when he was living. You know, I've had some really tough things that's happened within the last year and a half. And one thing I was going through, I remember seeing him in my dreams. And that was the first time I'd ever seen him in my dreams since he I, he had passed. And the next day, something amazing mm. happened that I had been waiting for for so many years. And I was like, that was him pushing me forward. He was literally there to make sure that everything went the way it was supposed to. And ever since that day, my life has kind of really shifted in a, in a positive direction. Um, so I, I'll never forget that moment. I mean, I literally saw him smiling at me. And it was almost like in my dreams, because I started to like, see like almost like a ray of light almost is what it felt like. It was very bright. And then I remember seeing him like coming toward me and I was like reaching out for him and then he disappeared. And so I've never seen him since then, but I will say like that really changed me as a human being, that that experience. I mean, the next day I had a real extreme stress because I had a test I had to take that was very important um, for me to become what I am now, which is a licensed professional counselor. And so I had been like stressing and studying so, so hard. And my mom was like, don't worry about it. You know, I said, this is the last time I'm taking it because I had missed it, you know, by one point, yeah. missed it by three points. I'm like, I know the information. I'm, I'm just have really bad test anxiety. And so I'm like, I know this. And she's like, you know what, just do your best. And I walked in there and this is during COVID time. So just imagine the stress of wearing a mask the entire time, having headphones on in front of a computer. And I'll never forget, like, when I, you know, immediately if you pass or fail. And when a lady handed, she smiled, and I turned it over and saw pass, and I cried, like, I don't know what. I don't cry often, but I was, like, really emotional. And then my mom was the first person to give me a hug, and she was like, you know, I'm just so glad I lived to see this moment, because she was just so, you know, so, so supportive of me. And she was like, I'm just so glad that, 
you know, you're finally able to do the things you want to do. And so from there, it just pushed me into where I am now, just kind of doing a lot of things that most people don't expect. But I feel like that was the push I needed. So I wanted to share that, especially with the listeners that don't really hear a lot about my story as well. That w- Yeah, man. That's awesome, brother. I love that. I love the story about your granddad and everything. I've got something that's a little, it's kind of similar. Um, it would probably take me 20 minutes to tell it. It's, it's kind of crazy. So we'll, we'll table that one for next time. But that that's awesome, bro. I love hearing stuff like that. And congrats on your uh, that achievement. That's awesome. How long have you been practicing? Last couple of years? Yeah, I've actually been in the field like counseling now for eight years now. But yeah, as far as license wow. now, it's been, I'm getting close to two years because I have to renew, renew very soon. So I'm really nice. excited of just, I mean, I've done residential, I've done outpatient, I've done private, I've done inpatient. So I've had pretty much a plethora of experience in different areas, which I love. And so it's given me the opportunity to help people. And I always, I love to tell this story because it's about never giving up. Because just because you were knocked down once, it doesn't mean that you're not good enough. There's many people who fill the bar exam or who fill um, many different types of tests. And it's about at the end of the day, if you really want something bad enough and you hone in on it, you can, it's, it's yours. And um, I have a very strong hmm. faith that helps me to persevere. And I know that um, my higher power gives me gifts and my gift makes room for other things and meeting people like you. Um, if I never had this opportunity, we wouldn't have cr- crossed paths. So this is just such a great moment to talk to someone who I know is going through a lot of, you know, pain and frustration, but I can tell that you have a spirit of, perseverance and love and caring and that's something that your kids and your wife have the opportunity to see because you've gone through challenges and you've actually found a way to find happiness through the experience so I'm very proud of you I just want you to know I think that you're doing some great things and I just can't wait to see where your journey goes from here well thanks brother likewise man I appreciate Um, that last question I have for you is how can our listeners find you online and do you have any music or things that's coming up? I know you say you have a concert coming up soon, but any new releases that you can kind of plug for us? Yeah, yeah you can find us at Dax Perrier, D-A-X, and then Perrier, just like the water, uh, P-E-R-R-I-E-R. And uh, go check it out on our, our music's obviously on all platforms, so Spotify, Apple, uh, Amazon Music, et cetera. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, youtube all that good stuff uh, we do have a new song that we're dropping the night of the 101 rodeo i think we're going to drop it around 10 p.m central to me and the people that have heard it um they've all said that it's the it's the best one that we've that i've done yet um so i actually just wrote it about a month ago i was like man i've got to get this song out so uh, we will be dropping that june 9th around uh 10 p.m central time it's called whiskey field so that's about it other than that we've got the we've got another concert that's uh, a dream venue of mine it is uh located in tulsa oklahoma and it's called the vanguard um it's kind of the it's down the street from the the canes ballroom I, I believe it's on main so that'll be june 17th so if anybody's around oklahoma come see us and then we should be getting back down to to texas uh here pretty quick i think towards the end of june so we lately we played texas uh missouri oklahoma kansas uh maybe even in another state so we we, tri- we typically stay pretty close to to home so um we will have all of our show dates posted on our social media uh for the most part um but most of the concerts are all posted on our spotify page 
Well, I'm excited for you. I mean, this is just the beginning. There's going to be a point, Dax, where you and I are going to have this conversation. And you're going to say, you remember when we talked on that podcast and I'm touring the world? Like, (laughs) and your kids are going to be so excited. They're going to get a chance to see different countries. I really think y'all are on to something great. I love the music. So I just want to start with that. But I think it's who you are as a person outside of music that's going to get you to the next level. So you just keep doing what you're doing. Stay focused on your career. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. We thank you, Dax, for being on Black Canvas. And I want you to come back for my second podcast, which is called Space Between. I would love to hear you perform live if you have time in the next couple of months. We'll keep in contact and get you on so we can hear the great music that you've already released. And hopefully we have some new stuff coming out by then that we can hear all of the music for sure. Right on. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Well, you have a great day, Dax, and I'll talk with you soon. All right, you too. Take care. All right, bye. Oh, yeah.